Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello there and welcome to yet another episode of Mysteries of the Unexplained. I am your host du jour. My name is Anne-Marie. Um, very, very exotic French name and not Anne-Marie, as they say in Ireland. And here is my just as exotic French boyfriend, Velon. I, I, I correct you there. It's actually, I'm actually 1% Italian, so oh. um, <laughs> you're wrong there. But hello, but hello, but hello, everybody. Oh, ciao, ciao, Bella. Um, hi, Will, how are you? We are actually recording this on a very dark, wet, wintry, spooky Halloween night. I know that we said uh, happy Halloween to you guys last week because it will be gone Halloween by the time this gets out. But it actually is All Hallows Eve right now. Are you feeling spooky? Will I am? Yeah, I am feeling a little bit spooky. And um, every time we record, it seems to be horrendous weather. Does that mean we have more stove talk? No, we can't do more stove talk. It is, it's a little bit spooky tonight, not going to lie. I just had a rake of children over here, um, all of the nieces and nephews. And um, I kind of miss the old days when you were a child, you used to go around with a black sack, get all the sweets. I know. I know that's all we ever dressed up in yeah. was like a bin bag, but a few holes poked in it and some of your mammy's uh, Mary Claire makeup from back in the day. Oh, I bet you really enjoyed the makeup part, actually. I did. It was the one time a year that you were actually allowed to be your true self. Every year was a witch. Every year. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just, I was just basically doing drag when I was a child. Um, <laughs> that's basically all yeah, it was. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Uh, I hope all your mums and dads had a lovely Halloween with the kiddies and that they are somewhat coming down off the sugar rush. I do think it's crazy the amount we used to eat on Halloween and how fucking sick you would be that night. You'd be like, I've got a pain in my belly. It's because like, yeah, you're after drinking like four litres of Coca-Cola and eating sweets like uh, all day long. Um, But I um, kind of wish I could do and not put on the pounds anymore. But hey ho, here we go. I have a really... This one, this one actually really freaked me out. I don't know if it's because it's Halloween, but it's actually because because it's one of those stories that involve actual human evil as well as like a kind of spooky edge to it. So, I found it actually hard to read and listen to some of the clips that I'm going to play to you guys today. But I think it's very fitting for this time of year. So, Will, are you braced on? Have you got your big boy pants on? Are you strapped in? And are you wearing that lipstick that you used to wear at Halloween? 
I have all the above. I'm ready to go. Let's <laughs> let's rock this mother tucker. Let's do this. When Darwin and Martha Lynn bought the three-bedroom farmhouse at 508 East 2nd Street in Villisca, Iowa in 1994, they planned to turn it into a historical museum. Almost dollhouse-like in its simple layout, the home has the ubiquitous look of countless other cosy farmhouses across the country. The Lynns wanted to revive the home and bring it back to its former glory, to function as an interactive time capsule and a glimpse into what domestic life was like for the average Midwestern family in the early 20th century. The walls had more to say though, and the Lynns were ready to listen. Soon after the Lynns bought the home, they got an influx of requests from some unexpected inquirers, paranormal investigators who wished to visit the house to commune with the ghosts of deceased victims who once lived there. While the couple hadn't even heard of this profession, they quickly realised that the little White Villisca farmhouse, possibly the most familiar looking house in the most familiar looking town in the country, was indeed haunted and that the museum should reflect its deep, dark history. In the year 1912, the house was inhabited by the Moore family, consisting of parents Josiah, age 43, Sarah, 39, and their four children, Herman Montgomery, 11, Mary Catherine, 10, Arthur Boyd, 7, and Paul Vernon, 5. Oh, Will, a name like Anne-Marie double-barreled would have fit in right into this household, don't you think? You wouldn't have. William! No, you didn't. Uh, nah, excuse- you didn't have the fancy second name attached. William O'Hanlon? No, I sounded I sound <laughs> like the Irish farmer that they would have got in to do with the backyard. But I will, to reclaim myself there, O'Hanlon is actually comes from a very prestigious family back in the day here in Ireland. Some people even liken it to royalty. So bend on your knee, bend on your knee, you peasant woman, Annie gone. That information has absolutely not been verified and was probably just made up out of Will's tiny little mind just there now. Jealousy, 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 <laughs> just an evil thing. I love Paris Hilton for that song she wrote, which was absolutely um, a war. Uh, uh, okay, it's scary enough without bringing fucking Paris Hilton into the mix now. Shut your mouth, shut your mouth over there. An affluent family, the Moors were well known and well liked in their community. On June 9th, 1912, Mary Catherine Moore invited Ina May, aged 8, and Lena Gertrude Stillinger, aged 12, to spend the night at the Moore residence. That evening, the visiting girls and the Moore family attended the Presbyterian Church, where they participated in the Children's Day programme, which Sarah had coordinated. After the programme ended at 9.30pm, the Moores and the Stillinger sisters walked to the Moores' house, arriving between 9.45 and 10pm. But at 7am the next day, Mary Peckham, the Moore's neighbour, became concerned after she noticed that the family had not come out to do their morning chores. Peckham knocked on the Moore's door. When nobody answered, she tried to open the door and discovered that it was locked. Peckham let the Moore's chickens out and called Ross Moore, Josiah's brother. Like Peckham, Moore received no response when he knocked on the door and shouted. Ross unlocked the front door with his copy of the house key. While Peckham stood on the porch, Ross went into the parlour and opened the guest bedroom door. 
where he found Ina and Lena Stillinger's bodies on the bed. Moore immediately told Peckham to call Henry Hank Horton, Villisca's primary peace officer. Henry Hank Horton, get over here! There's dead bodies on this bed. Yeah, all the, all the H's. All the H's. Horton's search of the house revealed that the entire Moore family and the two Stillinger girls had been bludgeoned to death. The murder weapon, an axe belonging to Josiah, was found in the guest room where the Stillinger sisters were laying. Doctors concluded that the murders had taken place between midnight and 5am. Two spent cigarettes in the attic suggested that the killer or killers patiently waited in the attic until the Moore family and the Stillinger guests were asleep. The killer or killers began in the master bedroom where Josiah and Sarah Moore were sleeping. Josiah received more blows from an axe than any other victim. His face had been cut to such an extent that his eyes were missing. The ceiling in the room also had a gouge mark from when the murderer lifted the axe to strike him. The killer, killers, then used the blade of the axe on Josiah while using the blunt end on the rest of the victims. Herman, Mary Catherine, Arthur and Paul were next bludgeoned in the head in the same manner as their parents. Afterward, the murderer returned to the master bedroom to inflict more blows on the elder Moors, knocking over a shoe that had filled with blood before moving downstairs to the guest bedroom and killing Ina and Lena. Seemingly afterwards, a four-pound slab of bacon was taken out of the icebox and laid next to the axe. Investigators also found untouched food and bloody water during the search. Okay, I'm just stepping out of this for a moment. Sorry. Sorry, what? Sorry. So you go in to these nice people's house. You go into these nice people's house. And you fucking kill them all. Horribly, violently, murderously, rampage. And then you take a big load of bacon out of the fridge. (laughs) Why? What? Why would you be doing... What? Well... In their defence, Annie, I don't think they would have been in a good state of mind if you're killing somebody. So you're liable to probably do anything. Um, maybe afterwards they felt sorry and were like, I'll make you dinner. I'll make you dinner. Yeah, so I put the ham and then was and then was like, oh, fuck, I've murdered them. I'm going to run. Um, that's yeah, horrific. maybe that's kind of like me coming in. That's like me coming in and slaying your whole family, and then taking a, a packet of Denny's ham out of the fridge and just laying it on the counter and being like, eh, eh, "There you go, off I go." Now. Are you dun, dun, threatening dun. me? Are you threatening me? Because <laughs> I, I'm just saying. We'll have the FBI at your fucking caravan in three seconds. I'll be watching. It's the mobile home. Thank you very much. Shush, shush. Investigators believed that all of the victims, except for Lena, had been asleep when murdered. They thought that she was awake and had tried to fight back, as she was found lying crossways on the bed, with a defensive wound on her arm. Another odd fact to add to the weird slab of bacon and untouched food was that the killer had also searched the dresser drawers for pieces of clothing to cover the mirrors in the house and the glass in the entry doors, Nothing else was disturbed in the residence and nothing had been taken, according to the archives. Bloodhounds were sent from Nebraska in an attempt to hunt down a suspect. A 
at 5.19am the morning following the murders, the Reverend Lynn George Jacqueline Kelly left Villisca on aboard the westbound number 5 train and allegedly told fellow travellers that there were eight dead souls back in Villisca, butchered in their beds while they slept, he said, even though the bodies had not yet been discovered. Reverend Kelly had arrived in Villisca for the first time the Sunday morning of the murders and attended a Sunday school performance by the Stillinger girls before departing early Monday. He returned two weeks later and, posing as a detective, joined a tour of the murder house with a group of investigators. Authorities first became interested in the Reverend Kelly a few weeks after the murders after being alerted by recipients of his rambling letters. Kelly was the son and grandson of English ministers and he had suffered a mental breakdown as an adolescent. Since immigrating to America with his wife in 1904, he had preached at Methodist churches across North Dakota, Minnesota, Kansas and Iowa. He'd been assigned as a visiting minister to several small communities north of Villisca, where he developed a reputation for quite odd behaviour. He'd also been convicted of sending obscene material through the mail and had spent time at a mental hospital. A grand jury indicted Kelly for Lena Stillinger's murder and he was interrogated throughout the summer of 1917 while in jail awaiting trial. On August 31st at 7am, Kelly signed a confession to the murder, saying God had whispered to him to suffer the children to come unto me. Kelly recanted his confession at trial, however, and his case went to jury on September 26. The jury deadlocked 11 to 1 for acquittal. A second jury was imminently panelled, but acquitted Reverend Kelly in November. No one else has ever been tried for the murders, and the crime remains one of the most horrific, unsolved mass murders in American history. It was a crime so savage that it changed an entire community forever. Overnight, the residents of this quiet little town no longer left their homes unlocked. Neighbour turned upon neighbour with suspicion as the police hunted a brutal killer that remained at large. It was one of the worst crimes that America had ever witnessed at that time, and it became known as the Villisca Axe Murders. Bum, bum, bum. Okay, so I know what you're thinking, Will. So far, so not paranormal. Right? Is that what you're thinking? It's just just a terrible murder that was never solved? Deranged killer, never solved. Yes, loves ham. Yeah, I'm thinking all mm-hmm. you love. Loves ham is, yeah, is a bit of a bacon fan. Also, we'll put food out on plates um, and set the table for you, but then we'll fuck off. He's, like It's like he kind of forgets that he's after murdering eight people and he's like, and now I'll just make a bit of bacon for dinner. Anyone want any? Al-? Oh, yous are all dead. Okay, bye then. So they don't know if it was this reverend guy. Like he he was a prime suspect. Kind of half said that he had done it, but then recanted. But it does actually seem like put under pressure by the police that this guy might have been kind of strong armed into doing so. Um, okay. And there were there were other suspects that looked kind of similarly interesting that could have done so. Also, it was investigated at the time. They didn't really know what a mass murder or serial killer uh, dude kind of would look like it, it was before the word serial killer had even been invented and there were similar there had been a similar slaying a few months before in another county so oh. um now yeah so modern investigators looking back and I think that it might actually have been somebody at the start of their killing career that it and that it was actually a random attack 
But listen to this. In November 2014, a paranormal investigator spending the night at the house where the brutal murders had happened in 1912 was hospitalised after stabbing himself in the chest. Robert Lawson Jr., aged 37, was part of a family of ghost hunters that were staying the night in the Villisca Axe Murder house. According to the Daily Mail, Lawson and his group were carrying out a paranormal investigation when the man stabbed himself with an unknown object just before 1am on Friday. The county sheriff, Joe Sampson, said the man was alone in a room of the house when his companions heard him yell for help. They immediately called 911 after finding him with a severe stab wound in the chest. Lorson was reportedly in a critical condition when he was brought to an Omaha hospital. The sheriff's department said no criminal charges would be issued because there was no indication of foul play. According to the owner of the house at the time, Martha Lynn, it's all walks of life that have an interest in that story. Sometimes it gets overpowering when you're in there at night. Despite the house's grim history, Lynn said nothing else dangerous or violent had happened there since the attraction opened to tourists 20 years ago. It is kind of shocking to wake up and hear that someone has nearly died at your tourist attraction, Lynn said. I can't imagine why somebody would do Sorry, something like that. Sorry, excuse me, I just want to file a complaint, please. I want to file a complaint. <laughs> Who do I speak to? Um, I never even auditioned for these people. I, not, I never even got a call and the agent didn't even bring this up that there was voice acting work that was available for me to do. I have extensive, extensive, extensive experience in serial killers, creepy stalkers, uh, southern ladies. It's a speciality that I can do. Um, Northumberland is an accent that I have down to a fucking T. And I wasn't even called upon this. I mm. would like to. Is there a form? Mm-hmm. Is there a form? Um, see, Will, what happened was actually one of the producers of this show uh, actually got in touch with me during the week and said that mm-hmm. we're not allowed to audition you for speaking mm-hmm. parts anymore. That she said there, she said there have just been so many complaints about your mm-hmm. total lack of knowledge of accents, um, mm-hmm. particularly Northumberland. That like that is nothing like a Northumberland accent, and that like mm-hmm. she did specify that in this particular case, this was a Midwestern accent that we needed, and you've never been able to master a Midwestern a- accent. I just did it there off the cuff, off the top of my head. I think it was perfect. I think you are wrong, little lady. I think you are completely mistaken. I know my way around here, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I know exactly how a Midwestern accent goes. It's absolutely not that. This is because of Little Lady Gan last week. I know what it is. No, it's not. I know nothing it is. to do with that. I don't even know what you're talking about. I forget what you, that. I, I, every meeting we had when we were building her character, you were. Yeah, I'm just going to make a cup of tea. I just have to step outside for a minute. Yeah. Will, are you going to actually let me finish my story? Look, I'll give you a bit part next week. I'll just give you a bit part so your name can go on the credits, okay? But we all know it's not your forte. It's my week next week, so that won't happen. You're lying to me now. You're actually lying to me now. Continue. I need to play you something. I need to play a few little clips here. I'm going to preface this by saying is that like it's always hard to listen to these on podcasts because number one, in your ears, there's a lot of white noise and um. It gets annoying to listen to because there's loads of white noise and they can't isolate the voices. 
But I found these clips on the cultmuseum.com. If you want to listen to these again and again to, to hear these voices clearly, please go and listen to this page, the cultmuseum.com, and look at the Velisca Axe Murder House. Now, this house has been visited by so many paranormal investigators and it has some of the best clips of EVP recorded in the States. Now, you can argue with that if you want because a lot of people say that EVP isn't reliable, but the words that they are saying in these clips, I can clearly hear. I'm going to ask you guys your opinion, right? The first clip. Okay, there's two things that I can hear there first and the first listen because it does repeat itself and the first listen I kind of thought like it sounds like wind moving through a house that's howling through it then I could hear a child screaming but then when I repeated the second time I was just like it sounds like um little puppies howling like do you know like little puppies yeah. going like <laughs> yeah 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 it does sound like that and then there's a very audible like a high-pitched scream like a like a little girl's scream yeah there is definitely a high-pitched scream that's chilling to the bone thank you of a halloween thank you oh my god i listened to these earlier and i just kept playing them over uh, i don't know why i just was kind of fascinated i just kept playing them over and over again to see could i hear anything different and like this next one it uh, is called no and it's the voice of a, a small child asking no um and saying something else and it's to me it's really audible on the clip as well so i'm going to play this for you here now and see what you think That's really weird. Um, that's really weird. That the thing that's most unsettling is the laughter part, where it's just like yeah, <laughs> and then immediate stop. Um, I don't know if they're saying no at the start. Do you think? Can you hear? I I know like I can know it's like a no if you see like subtitles underneath it being like no. But I'm like I don't know if it was a no. But then I'm like I don't know what our word it would would have been. What's your thoughts? Exactly. I thought that I uh, I could hear no. What are you doing? Yeah, like I, in a kind of in like in a in a kid's voice, like quite clear. Yeah, the first no. Is there two no's in it? I can't quite remember. There's a no, and then there's the laughter, and then there's the no. Yeah, and then it's supposedly, "What are you doing to me?" I don't know the second part of that sentence. I do hear the first part of that sentence. The second part of that sentence, I'm like, I don't know if that's what the voice says, 
but it is it, it is a voice it's definitely a voice and you have to try to isolate it from that horrible like white noise that's happening behind it um so i am going to convert the I'll, I'll convert these to mp3 and get try get the resolution as high as i can on the on it so it's not as annoying to hear and you can to listen to and you can actually hear the voices coming through clear but there is a third one this is the last clip and this is um, purportedly of a man screaming and they think that it is the dad that was involved in those murders. His name, not involved, he was a victim, sorry, um, Josiah B. Some people think that it's this guy's disembodied spirit coming back to ask for help. I will play this for you guys just now. Oh God, blessing myself. Oh god, that's terrifying and now I'm fucking freaking out. Thank you. Thank you. Now I'm absolutely traumatised in my house and keep looking over my shoulder. <laughs> this house, so like I said, these clips come from the occultmuseum.com and this house is um, on the map as being one of America's most haunted houses. Um, it says on the blurb from, from their own website, As- aside from the usual tourists, paranormal investigators regularly visit the house, which is said to be haunted by its former residents. Investigators have been known to capture audio and video and photographic proof of paranormal activity. Children's voices are often heard in the house. Lamps fall for no apparent reason. Glasses shatter. Ladders move and objects miraculously fly across the room as if thrown by unseen hands. Psychics who have ventured into the house have confirmed the presence of spirits dwelling in the home and many have actually communicated with them. Um, So it's thought that this house has such a brutal history and so many innocent people lost their lives here that it is a hotbed for paranormal activity and it just makes me think about that poor fucker who went into the house that night to investigate the thing exactly like we're talking about and ended up fucking stabbing himself in the chest and nearly dying there was nobody else in the room with him so my question is did he stab himself or did a little knife fly up off the countertop and fucking stab him in the chest Okay, I didn't even think about that, but now I think that that did happen. And just on a side note, because you played the or played those EVPs there like last night, not last night, the night before when I was <laughs> recording an episode of Scary, and I had to do voice, like I had to do voice effects <laughs> for one of the episodes. And I record, I recorded my voice, and I was like, "Yeah, that's fine, and whatever." And like sometimes you have to do it like a distance away from a microphone for whatever. But when I played it back, I, I heard my own voice, and then I heard like a. And I was no. like, sorry, 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 and then I play, played it back, and then realised it was just my stomach after eating a digestive biscuit <laughs> and having a cup of tea afterwards. <laughs> so, so I can totally relate to these people, one hundred percent. Oh yeah, that's um, what happened to that guy. He had a little bit of indigestion that night as well and he just decided to pick up a sharp implement while he was in the haunted house it's the, and stab himself it's in the, the digestive, chest. It's the digestive biscuits. <laughs> he didn't have a Rennie to hand. And that oh concludes my God, I'm after having a fucking heart stack here. I have a print Why? the printer here and it decided to shut itself down and make all these noises. <laughs> <laughs> is Halloween. it because it's Halloween that we're getting so freaked out? Like I listen to those thing, I listen to those EV, 
EVP clips a good few times a day and I was just like I don't like it I think I'll do another story but I don't know if I'm freaking myself out because of Halloween or whatever and then just before we went to record this my internet went down ooh spooky oh come here now you're connecting dots with sellotape at the moment hold on hold your horses well, that is, uh, that's the story. Even the story without the fucking, sometimes I think that the actual murdery bits are worse than mm. the actual ghosty bits. That's why I, I like ghost stories more than murder stories and I can't watch any of that stuff on TV. Um, thank you so much for listening though. Will will be back <laughs> next week with another installation. Hopefully something a little bit more leprechauns or fairies or something because I think we all need a little yeah, I, I might, I might do something a little bit darker after this real light-hearted version <laughs> <laughs> just something to bring it down a notch yeah, uh, you yeah know. we're not scared enough story. at all <laughs> very thank good story and has terrified you. me uh, to the core thank you Annie lovely lovely you have a lovely sleep tonight don't leave your printer switched on thank you so much for joining us join us next week when we will delve into more mysteries of the Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.